Good afternoon. Welcome to our study through the Psalms, our journey through the Psalms that we're doing every weekday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are going through Psalm chapter 18 today. Uh, So Psalm chapter 18 verses 1 through 24 uh, is what we'll be reading today. But Psalm chapter 18 verses 1 through 24 Um, Tomorrow, actually, we'll be jumping back a chapter and we'll be reading Psalm chapter 17. Uh, So tomorrow we'll be reading Psalm 17, but today we're reading Psalm 18, verses 1 through 24. And uh, we talked about this uh, last time when we talked about Psalm chapter 16. We talked about how the Psalm 16 and Psalm 16, 17, and 18, these three Psalms together, um, they are meant to be an image of... Uh, David as a figure, a figurehead of the messianic promises. So David in 16 and 17 and 18, we'll, we'll see this, is um, painted in a very uh, righteous light because David is meant to be seen as a figure of the Messiah, of the promises to come. So we're going to see that a bit through Psalm 18. We saw that through Psalm 16 on Friday, and tomorrow we'll see it again in Psalm chapter 17. But today we're reading Psalm 18 verses 1 through 24. And we're starting with verse 1, and it says this, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. David, um, in verse 2, uses, it's interesting because when you read it in English, it says, uh, the Lord is my rock. And then later he says, my God is my rock. Um, But David is actually using two different Hebrew words for rock. Um, and so there, he could have used the same word twice, but instead he uses two different words. And what David is trying to portray is that no matter how you can continually describe God uh, with the variety of words that we choose, God continues to be consistent in his characteristics. God continues to be consistent in who he is. And so uh, David, in, in choosing to describe God the same way with two words, is kind of talking about this or showing us that God is consistent throughout. So the Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. We'll see this throughout the Psalms that horn is is, is a representation of strength. It's a representation of defense. It is a representation of victory. Uh, and we'll see that in the fulfillment of the Messiah when we read um, the Psalms the in the hundreds, uh, the Psalms that are in the hundreds talk a lot about this Messiah and the horn of salvation and uh, the horn being lifted up, and it's this representation of strength and um, power. And so we, we see this here in the psalm. And Psalm 3 says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. So you'll see in, in the psalms that um, David will often frame the psalms like this, where he'll, he'll talk about his dedication to God, he'll talk about uh, his praise and, and, and salvation he experiences from God, but then he goes into um, talking about his current experiences. So David notes that he has experienced his salvation and he praises God for the experience he will, or for the salvation he will experience. Uh, but what he's going through right now is, is times of difficulty. And so this is what David gets into in verse 4. He said, The cords of death entangle me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave, or the Sheol in Hebrew, coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In verses four and five, we talked about this um, this idea of death being kind of um, 
like an entity uh, is what they described. That's the way that they viewed it back then in, in, in ancient Israel and in the world around them. They saw death as this entity, as this monstrous being, as this um, power that wasn't just passive. You didn't just fall into death. You didn't just like fall into this um, decay. It was this idea that death was almost like its own entity that pursued people, that could entrap people, that could set up traps for people. And so this is what David is saying in verses four and five. It says the cords, this, this trap, this, this net that death has, has set out for me, has entangled me. It's this active idea that it isn't just he's old, he's just fading. It is that death is actively trying to pursue him and capture him and drag him down into the Sheol, into the grave. And then verse six, he says, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Verse six, from his temple, he heard my voice. Is this idea that that where God is abiding in or where God is dwelling, because the temple was where God rested, where God lived, where God spent his time. This was the, the home of God on earth. And so David is saying, my, my cry reaches out to God, to where he is. God is listening to my cries. And they came before him into his ears, right? Like these cries are reaching God. And then verse 7, and reading on, that's, this is how God is going to respond. Uh, the earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced. With hailstones and bolts of lightning, the Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemies. Great bolts of lightning and routed them. The valleys of the seas were exposed and the foundation of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. So David, and he'll do this throughout the Psalms, uh, he describes God as this warrior God. And, and this is kind of like the imagery that, that David paints, uh, is this God who comes in to rescue him. David is fighting against his enemy. He's fighting against um, mighty warriors and against mighty kings. And he cries out to God for help. And the same way that in on earth, in battles, you would cry out to your your um, your friends and your allies, and they might send an army and reinforcements. This is the way that David is portraying God, that David is at war with the grave. David is at war with death. And he calls out to God, and then God comes storming in with reinforcements. God comes storming in like a warrior, ready to take on this behemoth, this, this giant of death. And that's how he describes him, right? He describes him as, as the earth trembling and quaking, smoke rising out from the nostrils of God. Uh, he talks about uh, God throwing hailstones and bolts of lightning and riding on the cherubim, uh, flying in. Cherubim was this kind of uh, weird angelic being in, in ancient Israel. It was like a mix between like an ox and a man and like a lion and an eagle. It was this weird thing that we read about in Jeremiah. If you read Jeremiah or Ezekiel, it talks about the cherubims and it was this symbol of power, of kingly power. And so um, what David is describing is God is is the utmost highest power because he he's the one riding the the cherubim, right? This this symbol of power. And so he rides in and he's he's throwing these lightning bolts, kind of like Zeus. Um, it's like they describe God as almost like a Zeus God, throwing lightning bolts and hailstones and and shooting arrows and scattering the enemies with great bolts of lightning and routing them. And then verse fifteen, he says, at the blast, uh, or he says, the valleys of the seas were exposed. 
and the foundations of the earth lay bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. Um, this is meant to be um, reminiscent specifically of Exodus, because when the people of Israel were trapped between the sea and, and ancient Egypt, the Egyptian chariots running in, uh, the way that the Bible describes God splitting the sea is, is this furious blast of God's nostrils that split the sea and exposed the foundations of the earth. And so uh, David is kind of drawing back on that imagery, saying the same God who, who split the sea, the same God who caused Israel to walk on dry land, the same God who defeated the ancient Egyptian army uh, is coming in as, as this warrior God to step in and save David from, from the battle with death that he's experienced, from the battle with his enemies. And then verse 16, uh, he said, He reached down from on high and he took hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters, out of these deep waters of death. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, in the day they had planned ruin. But the Lord was my support. The Lord was my, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, he says in verse 2. In verse 19, he says, He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And I like this idea that David paints of, of being brought out into a spacious place because David is surrounded by his enemies. David is surrounded by, by foes on, on every side, whether it's physical enemies or spiritual enemies or emotional enemies or whatever enemies that David is facing. He feels like he is entrapped, he's enclosed, he's surrounded. And then he's, he paints this image of God reaching down from on high and grabbing him and then taking him out of being surrounded into a spacious place an open place with no enemies and, and nothing to threaten him. And then verse 20 says, The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness, uh, cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from my sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. Obviously, David isn't um, talking about the fact that he's sinless. He's not saying God has, has rewarded me because I'm sinless, because obviously we, we've read the story of David. Uh, it's not a secret. We know that David is a sinner, that David has committed sins. Uh, but what David is talking about with his righteousness, he's, he's talking about compared to his enemies. He's talking about the fact that he's been faithful to God, even though he's committed sins, He's never turned away from God. He's never turned away from, uh, from trying to do good. Even when he did sin, uh, one of the first things that David does is, is upon realizing his mistake is he turns to God. And he, he asks for repentance or he asks for forgiveness and he repents of the things that he's done. And he continues to have this walk with God. And that's kind of what, um, what we see through righteousness in David is that even though he does commit sins, he continues to, to walk in righteousness by continuing to pursue God. Even though he makes mistakes, um, instead, of, instead of letting those mistakes beat him down into shame, into uh, fear, he, he turns those mistakes and, and he goes into repentance with God and asks for forgiveness. And so this is what we see when we see David's righteousness and we see the clean, cleanness of his hands. It's not that he's perfect, but rather that he is stuck with God regardless of what is going on. And so he says, I've not done uh, evil by turning from my God. All of his laws are before me. I've not turned away from his decrees. I've been blameless before him and I've kept myself from sin. Verse 24, the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. Um, so again, Psalm 18 is meant to be this picture of David as a, as a messianic figure. It's meant to be 
showing us that this line of David that, that Jesus would come from was this line of, of righteousness. And even though everyone wasn't um, righteous after David, we're meant to see Jesus as kind of a form of David, this righteous king, who is also the shepherd king when we read about in the Gospels. This righteous shepherd king uh, who rules with righteousness and who's, who sticks with God's commandments, who does no evil, who's, whose laws are always before him, uh, and who is blameless and is kept from sin. And so Psalm 18 is meant to be that. It's meant to show us the good attributes of David, the righteousness of David, so that we could then see how the Messiah is supposed to be um, through, through this line of David. But I love this, uh, I love this, this image that David portrays of this warrior God that comes in. Uh, this God that steps in with hailstones and, and lightning bolts and, and shooting arrows and, um, and exposing the foundations of the earth and splitting seas with the breath of his nostrils. It's this idea that, that God is ready to step in, that when we are in trouble, when we are facing persecution, when we are surrounded by our enemies, when the cords of death and, and the cords of the grave entangle us and are trying to bring us down, we can call out for God, to God for help. And God will, will come on down from on high, will come in ready for battle, ready to take out our enemies, ready to take out death, ready to, to save us and rescue us from the depths of the waters, ready to bring us into a spacious place, uh, ready to rescue us because God delights in us. And that's the, the picture that David really paints. That's the picture that I love in Psalm chapter 18, is this idea that God really does delight in us. God takes notice of us and loves us. And when we are facing times of difficulty, um, God is willing to step in from on high. God is willing to, to step in and, and do battle on our behalf. And that's what we experience as we kind of wrap up to Easter, right? Because we're ramping up to this weekend that celebrates the crucifixion, that celebrates the resurrection, that celebrates the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us. And it's this beautiful idea that God is willing to go to war with death. God is willing to go to war with sin in order to rescue us from, from the trap and from the net and from the snare that has entangled us. And that's what we celebrate when we celebrate Easter, is this idea that God went to war with death and sin on the cross. That Jesus was willing to lay it all down. That Jesus was willing to give up his life and to defeat death and sin so that we could have hope, so that we could have a promise of something so much more than this. Uh, and all of this is because God delights in us, because Jesus desperately loves us, and because he wants to, to bring us into righteousness. And even though we may not be perfect, uh, God is willing to, to fight on our behalf and willing to step down and, and fight with wonder and awe and lightning bolts and hailstones and, and the breath of his nostrils splitting the seas. And so that's the kind of God that we serve, a God who is all-powerful and who is, is completely willing to step in and rescue us all because he loves us, all because he delights in us. And that's the hope that we have in the Messiah. So that's the, the lesson that I, I hope we can take from Psalm 18 is this idea of this, this God who is our rock and our fortress, this God who is a consistent God of love, who is willing to step in uh, and fight our enemies, fight death, fight sin, and is willing to lay down everything on the line to, to rescue us and to support us all because, like verse 19 says, he delights in us. So that's the lesson that I hope we take today. And, and let's just pray and we'll close this, uh, this study as we read Psalm chapter 18. God, we are thankful for all the amazing things that you do for us. We're thankful for, for the fact that you are an amazingly strong God. You're the God of the universe, the God who created all things, the God who has 
just power over everything. And, and God, you are willing to come down and fight our battle, battles for us. You are willing to come down and, and come to our rescue when we are surrounded by our enemies, when the cords of death and the grave entangle us. You are willing to step in from on high. You hear us from your temple and you come to rescue us all because you delight in us, all because you love us deeply. And so God, as we uh, go throughout this week, as we lead up to Easter, I just pray that you would uh, strengthen us, that you would help us to uh, see your support and your love, to, to run to you as our refuge and our foundation, as our, as our fortress and our rock, and to, to trust and know that no matter what we're going through, that you have something so much better planned for us, that you, Jesus, died on the cross so that we might have hope in the resurrection, hope in the promise, hope in things to come. So we thank you so much for Easter that is coming up, and we thank you so much for everything that we learned through Psalm chapter 18. I pray that you would bless us and keep us safe. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So hopefully you can join us tomorrow as we read Psalm chapter 17. We'll be going back and reading Psalm 17. Uh, but join us tomorrow at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Facebook Live as we read Psalm chapter 17. And as always, uh, if you want to leave your comments uh, in the video below, just maybe something that you took from, from this psalm, maybe something you enjoyed, uh, maybe your take on the verses, or maybe something that has, has blessed you from, from this study, feel free to comment below. Uh, and, and again, we want to connect with you. So if you have prayer requests, or if you have any needs, please comment, let us know. We'd love to be able to support you and pray for you any way that we can. And we'll see you again tomorrow at 12 as we read Psalm chapter 17. Have a good rest of your evening and a good rest of your day. And uh, we just pray that you stay safe out there. Amen.